0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back to CK Potters, episode 182 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Very excited today. we got a newcomer to the podcast, Next Level Fantasy Football. What's up, my man? How you feeling today?
0: I'm good. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing very well. Yo, we brought you on here. We had a fun Instagram uh, Instagram group message we, we got uh, to collaborate and help each other out, which I Highly recommend everybody get a part of, if you're listening to this and you're not a part of a uh, a text thread with your homies or you're not into an Instagram uh, league with some of the uh, fantasy people in the industry, I highly recommend that you message some of them and see if you can get involved because there's a lot of uh, talent and uh, information floating around the space that you can definitely be a part of. So um, we met through that and uh, we just had an awesome mock draft. Uh, on sleeper uh shouts out to sack attack podcast and the ff mechanic uh for throwing that together and helping get everything i slid in uh at the last minute as the 12th pick so um i was in there but uh next levels also involved and what we want to do today um i'm going to give uh, you a chance to introduce yourself your channels and you know how we do it on here i want you uh, i want my folks to know who you are and vice versa so give you a chance to introduce yourself but um we're going to jump in here we're basically going to recap this mock draft uh, we're not going to go through every pick per se, but we are going to go through each round and each of us will have an opportunity to maybe uh, mention a value pick that we thought was a, a good pick at the space and maybe an interesting pick uh, potentially uh, that we may potentially disagree with. And then, of course, we'll talk about our individual picks as we go through that. So before we get into the draft, man, uh, why don't you take a second, introduce yourself to our listeners here and uh, give, us, you know, give us your name, your accounts, whatever, why you, uh, why you dig fantasy football, how long you've been rolling and uh, where you're from maybe and what you're doing.
0: Oh, what's up, man? Um, I run Next Level Fans Football on Instagram. Started right before the season. You know, I was doing it. Like, I had some success. I've been playing at least eight years. Nice. A lot of winnings. I just, like, trying to give people my advice, like, help other people out, you know.
1: That's what it's all about, man. That's great. Where are you coming Gosh.
0: from? Oh, I'm in Florida right now. Born in Florida. New York. Giants, Excuse baby.
1: Yeah, you go. There you go. East Coast. I love it, man. Pretty much every guest on the podcast is East Coast. Uh, everybody out here uh, on our, on our thread knows, uh, you know, we're West Coast. Obviously the Candlestick Kids uh, with the 49ers, but, um, I'm up in Eugene, Oregon. So once again, on the Candlestick Fantasy podcast, we're going coast to coast. I spent a lot of time in Florida actually touring with my band. Uh, I've been up in New York and, uh, up in New England as well. So I like the East Coast a lot. And y'all got some sun. I see it behind you, which is nice, man. See, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's nice. 42
1: out. degrees right now in Oregon.
0: So
1: <laughs> you can see my hoodie and like, what the hell? Am I <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm
1: like, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm a little bit chilly. All right, man. Well, pleasure to meet you, brother. Let's get into this. Let's have some fun. Yo. So, uh, first pick here. Um, I want to throw out all the homies <coughs> in the league here and, um, anybody that's tuning in, if I mispronounce your handle or, uh, I got it incorrect. I apologize ahead of time and doing my best on what I see here, but shouts out to sack attack once again, for throwing it together. Uh, Rowan Zuba, 84, uh, Leposcopo Show, the FF Mentor, FF Mechanic. Unpleasing is on here, but I believe that was a, a, like a, a, a stock thing that got thrown in there, though. Uh, so I apologize if that's not you. Uh, next Level, of course, Run Out the Clock, Junkie Nation, Fantasy on Tap, Fantasy Football Truth, and yours truly, TCK Pod. Let's jump right into it, man. You had the seventh pick overall. I had the 12th pick. Let's run through the draft up to you, and maybe we'll go each player through the first, like, three rounds to let people know how it went, and then we'll just skate through that. So the first round went. uh, This is a 12-team PPR, no defense, no kicker, uh, quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a flex, and a tight end. Uh, So pretty basic standards um, without the defense and the kicker. So uh, one-on-one, no surprise, Christian McCaffrey. Paquon Barkley, Zeke, Michael Thomas, first receiver off the board. No surprise there. Dalvin Cook, Nuke Hopkins, and then you were up with the seventh pick overall.
0: Who are you going with? Um, I was – obviously you got to go running back first, especially when Hopkins, Thomas gone. I mean, especially PPRs between Chubb. You got Adams on the board. You go Kamara. But especially with Hunt, good chance he leaves. They just got Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. That's where Dalvin strived last year. Passing game, especially if Hunt leaves. Stefanski loves the running backs in the pass game. So you just got to go running back first, especially with the deep wide receiver core. Absolutely. So who was your pick? Uh, I took Chubb, with the seventh.
1: Nick Chubb, seventh pick. I thought it was a great pick. There's no way he's going to fall to the end of the first round. But I was trying to think at the 12th spot, I was trying to think uh, who might fall my way, right? So if you're in the first five – Six, seven picks, you, you probably have a really good idea of yeah. two or three guys that you can get that you have to get or they're not going to fall. At the 12th pick, I'm kind of just at the mercy eight. of the draft. Yeah, you can win anyone. Yeah. So I, I love went with. Uh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I went with. um. We had Kamara and then uh, Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon picked right before me. I went with Chris Godwin, um, fourth receiver off the board. Ahead of Mike Williams or Mike Williams, Mike Evans, uh, which I'll get into in just a second. But I actually wanted to go with Joe Mixon. Yeah, um, I, I think we'll get into our surprises and good good picks here in a second for the draft or for the round. But uh, Joe Mixon, I wanted to be my pick. Um, I think the Bengals are going to have a huge bounce back next year. Uh, nine of their games were within one possession. Of course, Joe Burrow most likely making it. Uh, and they have um, the second year of Zach Taylor, which I like a lot. A.J. Green returns. They should have a healthy offensive line. Everything's feeding into me loving Joe Mixon this year. I loved him last year, uh, even with the bust in the first half. Anyway, he gets picked right before me by Fantasy Football Truth. Had the same mindset. So I went with Chris Godwin. Um, this is something where I felt good about the pick, uh, but I was trying to like trying to figure it out this offseason. Whether I go Mike Evans or Chris Godwin for the Bucks? And, of course, a lot of this has to do with James Winston and what happens with him. Now, we're talking – pre-free agency, pre-NFL draft, everything else. So a lot of this is speculation at this point. However, I do think Jameis Winston leaves Tampa Bay, um, and I think that affects Mike Evans tremendously. I don't think it affects Chris Godwin. And we know that Bruce Arians is a coach, targets the slot as he did with Larry Fitzgerald for many years in Arizona. I love Chris Godwin. I think he's a hell of a player. Great touchdown upside, uh, receptions, yardage, the whole thing. He's young on the rise. Chris Godwin is my first pick at the 12 spot. Of course, I'm on the turn. Coming back around, I went with Leonard Fournette. Um, Obviously, a ton of question marks. I did pick him uh, in front of Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, who just got paid, uh, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and the rest. I felt like Leonard Fournette uh, had a a breakout season last year. Of course, he had career highs um, with his rushing yards, and he only had three touchdowns last year. I don't think that's going to continue. I think he definitely upgrades there. I think they stick with Menchu, get rid of Foles, and that offense runs a little bit better. Overall, he gets more opportunities. So I felt pretty good about my first two picks, Godwin and Fournette. Uh, Before we jump into the second round, let's dive back to the first. Any surprises in the first round for you?
0: I mean, obviously, got to apply. Henry goes back to Tennessee. I mean, you got to take Henry into the first because, you know, 1,500 yards, whatever. But they got a lot of question marks. They got Conklin leaving, and they, you got Saffold getting older. I mean, you still got Taylor Lewan there, but that line could be a question mark. I mean, obviously, his lack of passing receptions. you know what, 18 last year. And that would be the only one for me. I mean, Camara is a little – he was off last year, but you got to take Kamara. It's a no-brainer.
1: Totally agree. I would totally agree. I think, uh, I mean, Derrick Henry's going to go in the first round and if you're looking at running backs heavy, you got to take him. But I did think it was early. I mean, I would have picked Joe Mixon, Fournette, Aaron Jones, yeah. maybe even Eckler over Derrick Henry. Um, I just see the regression coming. We said it last year and he beasted out again this year, but a lot has to do with the, uh, offensive line, as you mentioned. Um, Conklin's a big part of that, uh, and their quarterback situation. We'll see what happens, yeah. uh, with Tannehill or Henry. All right, going back in the second round after my Fournette pick, we're going back the other way. We had Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Julio Jones, and then your second pick at the 2-6 spot. Who did you go with and why?
0: Uh, I took Jacobs here, and, you know, even though running back, running back, it's, it was between Jacobs. You had Miles Sanders, Mark Cooper, Mike Evans. But especially – after last year, you see speculation of Brady going to the Raiders, which would obviously help him out. You see, passing work is going to increase for Josh Jacobs. You know, uh, what do you call it? 1,200 yards last year, eight touchdowns, and probably best RB2 you could have taken here. And Absolutely. Especially-
1: nice, nice rookie. Yeah. And, and back to back second year players are going here with the. Uh- Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans in between, and then Miles Sanders again. I expect big years out of both of those guys. I like the Josh Jacobs picks here, and uh, you went with the two running back strategy. It looks like uh, Mechanic and Fantasy on Tap had the same strategy as well, and I like that this year. I've been saying on the podcast for a couple weeks here that depending on your draft position, I think that going two running backs is a smart move because there's so much value at the receiver position in general, but especially with this rookie class, wherever these guys fall, of course, we don't know that yet, but a lot of these guys are going to, I think, have immediate value. uh, Whereas the running backs tiers get chopped out really quick. So I do like the two running back strategy there uh, for you in the middle of the draft. Like I said, Mike Evans, Miles Sanders, Travis Kelsey, first tight end off the board, Amari Cooper, George Kittle goes right after him. Then we got Galladay wrapping her back around to the third round before we do that any surprises in the second round for you um we of course had the two tight ends go off in the second round late second round though uh do you think that's a maybe a value or do you think that's you know a little bit early and any other surprises in that second round
0: i mean especially you look at like mentor took kelsey said i mean he got drake who's the next running back off the board but like you say another team takes drake then the running backs fall off drastically for your RB1. And then you look at Kittle with the second-to-last pick, and he went Kittle before he had a wide receiver one, and then you see Galladay going up next, Galladay's potential top 10, top five wide receiver. That's my one question. Are you a tight end early guy, or you rather pass and wait? i rather pass and wait. You find that value. Fair enough. I like to I- draft a few.
1: I'm somewhat with you. I do say generally, though, that if you're going to go early in the, in the with the tight ends, obviously Kittle and Kelsey are your guys. And I think back in the second round is good value in general, but I actually agree with you that in those two teams' particular situations, um, I think they could have gone another way. I might pick Amari Cooper there over tra- uh, Travis Kelsey, and I might pick Galladay over Kittle with the yeah. chance that you might even get those guys back on the turn. That's another thing. These guys only have a couple picks until their next pick and they might be able to get a tight end anyway at that point. But C'est they went with the two tight ends late. Um, I like the value. I'm just not sure about those two particular situations. I thought uh, Aaron Jones that early. I'm a little bit skeptical. I just, I think he's a beast. I love Aaron Jones. I love the Packers. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, But I thought, you know, maybe with Melvin Gordon pretty much leaving Austin Eckler, I think he's going to get a bigger chance and, um, Josh Jacobs as well, maybe even Miles Sanders in the overall touches there. So I thought uh, taking Aaron Jones before all those guys was a little bit early. Let's wrap around the third uh, round here. DJ Moore, A.J. Green going in the third, uh, second pick of the third round. I'm going to talk about him in a second. Uh, Cortland Sutton, and then as you mentioned, uh, Kenny Drake goes to mentor there. Patrick Mahomes off the board, first quarterback, not Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes off the board, fifth pick in the third round. OBJ, and then it was your next pick at 3-7. Who did you go with and why?
0: Um, I went Juju here because obviously I got the two running backs. You got Kelsey and Kittle off the board. And, I mean, personally, I wasn't looking at Mahomes, but if Mahomes is still there per se, I'd probably go best player available, which probably have been Mahomes, but we would have seen. I had to take the wide receiver one, and especially with Big Ben coming back, you got – other receivers around him. That hopefully they can figure it out with James Conner, Benny Snell, whatever, whatever way they go, because that'll help Juju. But then you see wide receivers that are off the board, and he's really the lowest wide receiver one. You know, high wide receiver two. So you gotta have at least one high wide receiver. And obviously, you have faith in him drafting him. Are you concerned with? Uh, Big
1: Ben obviously has question marks. First of all, age. Secondly, coming back off of his shoulder surgery. And we did see a decent game uh, from Juju over 70 yards and six receptions in his first game before Ben got hurt. But Juju had his own injury concerns. The Steelers are not the same team without Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. We saw that last year. Uh, Are you concerned with Juju in general? Uh, This draft pick aside, obviously I have faith in him picking him. Uh, But just moving forward with, with the Steelers this year, do you have faith in, in Juju as a top three uh, top three round draft pick?
0: <clears throat> I mean, it's not necessarily like I think he's going to be top ten, top seven, whatever. Just oh, you look at the value towards the end of the third round, and that's great for Juju because he was going early mid-second last year and he just didn't pan out. But obviously you have concerns, Big Ben getting up there. A few years left, coming off the elbow injury. But – juju you just need receptions he's a big play guy so you're about he's bound to break one per game
1: love it definitely a uh, yak king if you will yards after catch i like to pick a lot actually i do have faith in juju um also i think uh, odell's going to have a, a bounce back as well there so again we're looking at value here at this point of the draft getting juju who could potentially be uh easily a, a Uh, wide receiver one, but definitely, you know, top eight if everything clicks, and he is that new A.B., if you will, with uh, Big Ben. We've seen it for years, so I like that pick a lot. Running through the third round, uh, Devin Singletary, Le'Veon Bell, Cooper Cup, Melvin Gordon, and then my two picks at the 12 spot. I went with Calvin Ridley uh, with my uh, third pick here. This is, uh, I thought, I thought super value, personally. Um, I've got, currently, I've got Calvin Ridley ahead of uh, Cooper Cup and um, Cortland Sutton for sure, AJ Green, DJ Moore, a lot of these guys that went in the earlier part of the round. I've got Calvin Ridley significantly ahead of them. Uh, we just recently, as you heard earlier this week, uh, Daniel and I went through our predictions and game, um, uh, our bowl predictions and our crazy calls from last year. And one of his was that Calvin Ridley surpasses Julio Jones in fantasy points. That didn't happen in 2019, but I could, I could see it happening in 2020. Definitely. Therefore, I thought there was a lot of uh, value there. Uh, Matt Ryan doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon, so I like that pick a lot in the third round. I'll go over my fourth round pick in just a second, but let's dive back into the third, and then we'll crush out the rest of this draft. Um, I'm going to talk about AJ Green here in a second, but I'll give
0: you the floor now. Any surprises in the third round for you? Uh, DJ Moore with the first pick in the third round. I just really I don't agree. like that pick. Swirly. cam is a question mark you talk he's better with Kyle Allen but you saw with cam absolute no production from him cuz he needs receptions cuz he's a he's a big PPR guy He'll give you 10 receptions with the, the quarterback but especially with reports coming out that cam's going to be back you don't know how cam's going to be this year i mean McCaffrey's certain but after McCaffrey especially you got uh Curtis Samuel who needs touches you got Ian Thomas emerging as a pass catcher there. I just don't like that pick too early. I'm with you.
1: I also am not a Cortland Sutton hater by any means, but we're not sure exactly what Drew Locke's going to be able to do. I thought that was a bit early as well, especially the considering the receivers after those guys, right? So I don't necessarily hate those guys per se, yep. but DJ Moore, AJ Green, Cortland Sutton, all three of them going before Odell Beckham, Juju Schuster, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Even Allen Robinson, potentially, who was picked later. Keenan Allen. uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys that we'll talk about here in a second. To have those three guys go before all of them, I thought was quite surprising. A.J. Green, specifically, love me some A.J. Green. I'm so good he's coming back. I'm actually somewhat excited for him to come back to the Bengals. He kind of wants to be there. I think Joe Burrow is going to be as good as Andy Dalton right off the bat, and I think he'll be quite better in the second half of the season, certainly moving forward if they bring back A.J. Green next year as well um every year that he's played uh at full season he's been a top 10 receiver and i think that continues obviously he's got his lower body injuries which are no joke um that is definitely frustrating taking him in the beginning of the third round i think is very risky however i don't think you have to do that and if you're able to pick him in the fourth or fifth round i think he gets significant value last year with all the concerns i was able to draft him in like the eighth round in multiple leagues of course that bit me in the ass overall because he didn't play But some of those are keeper leagues, so I'm considering keeping AJ Green in like the eighth round. Which, if he's 80% usual AJ Green, he should be a high RB two at least. So I like AJ Green in general. I just thought it was a bit early for DJ Moore, AJ Green, and Cortland Sutton in general. Yeah. Let's move back through the fourth round here. Uh, I picked Lamar Jackson with the first pick in the fourth round. Um, This is interesting. First of all, I was surprised that he even made it this far, just in the way that other mock drafts are going. I'm not really a top quarterback guy in general. I'm a late-round QB guy for sure. Last year, I was picking all sorts of uh, um, uh, Dak Prescott and uh, Kyler Murrays and Josh Allens and things like that if I didn't get like Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers last year at the value. So this year, Patrick Mahomes goes off in this mock draft. Of course, again, it's very, very early. This shit could shake out and totally change. But in this draft, he went off at uh, 3-5. And so to get um, Lamar Jackson about, uh, let's see, seven, eight picks later, I thought was great. Um, Good value, fourth round pick. So I went with Lamar Jackson. Of course, he's got the rushing upside. Set the record by far. Rushing uh, grew into a passer this year. Um, I think it can only go up, and we know that the Ravens offense is really catered to Lamar Jackson specifically. They should be bringing in more wide receiver weapons there. Uh, Mark Ingram is a great compliment there. So I like the Ravens in general. Good pick there. Um, heading back through the rest of the fourth-round pick to your next pick, Keenan Allen, James Conner, Adam Thielen, Chris Carson, and then your pick in the fourth round. Uh, looks like
0: you went with another Raven as well. Who was it and why? I took Mark Ingram, sixth pick in the fourth, and I, I was really surprised he's still here. I mean, you see Chris Carson went right before him, James Conner, even Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. And Ingram had – one of the best years in fantasy last year, top 10 running back last year. Better seasons than all those guys. Exactly, especially Carson, Connor being injured, Gordon, no idea what's going to happen to him. Especially for my third running back, Ingram, love that pick.
1: Awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's stacking. And we'll get the rest of uh, your, your roster, how it shook out at receivers, which would be interesting. But um, having those running backs early, I mean, you have three pretty much bell cows uh in in a, in a nfl that doesn't really have them anymore uh also you have three running backs who can catch the ball um which i appreciate there so i thought that was a good pick running out the rest of the uh round here carry on johnson of course coming back from injury again aj brown allen robinson marlon mack russell wilson third quarterback off the board todd Gurley, last pick of the fourth round wrapping back around dj chark uh stefan diggs dk metcalf david montgomery michael gallup Damian Williams, and then your fifth pick, this uh, – you've already got three receivers, no tight end, no quarterback, only one receiver. What do you go with in your fifth pick and why?
0: Well, obviously, I'm a receiver here. You know, there's no – I mean, personally, I – if there's someone worth taking, I would have taken another running back, to be honest, because wide receiver's so deep. Like, you see, I got Kirk, seventh pick here, and, I mean – about normal value, you'd say. You see who went before, who went after, about good value. But you expect big things out of Kyle Murray this year. Got Fitz one more year. The only question is, if C.D. Lamb, they take C.D. Lamb with the eighth pick, then what happens mm. to Kirk? You know, I mean, could potentially help him. But with Fitzgerald there, with got Kenny Drake coming back, be a big part of that offense.
1: I like to pick. I think it's good. I'm a little cons- – I'm not concerned. Concerns is the wrong word. I'm hesitant on Christian Kirk. I think we all know that the talent's there and the opportunity is there, but you're right. They could draft an upcoming – CD Lamb makes sense, but they could draft any one of these high-profile wide receivers for the Cardinals, and that's what they need in this air-raid offense. Fitz is going to be great for about eight weeks, and then he's going to slow down at the end of the season, does every year. Um, we don't know what's going to happen at the running back position. Could be Kenyon Drake. David Johnson could stick around. They could get rid of Drake. Chase Edmonds was great when he was given an opportunity. So they might just, uh, you know, run cheap at that point. Me interesting with the Cardinals. I think they take a huge step. Actually kind of my totally other, uh, another subject we don't need to get into, but my two super sleepers for this year, teams wise, I think the Cardinals and the Bengals both have an opportunity to make the playoffs, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty bold considering last year, but I think they could have, drastic in um, increases, and Christian Kirk would be a big part of that, of course. Now, I will say, you did pick him over Robert Woods, Debo Samuel, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Tyler Lockett, a number of other guys. Um, why so much confidence in Christian Kirk as your wide receiver, too?
0: I mean, Woods, I mean, I was looking, you got Woods, obviously. You got Debo Samuel, T.Y., Lockett, Edelman, and you can make a case for a number of these guys, but... I mean, you look Woods is the second and third receiver there, not to mention tight ends. Running backs that's crowded. You got Debo who's more of a boom bust guy, and TY is just injury plagued. So I mean it's it is taking a chance because I'm really not sure. Obviously, that's why we do the mock early and not our official draft until later in the year. But you see like Perk's potential to put up three touchdowns in a game win you a week easily, win you a season. With Kyler Murray on the rise, got Kingsbury's offense. It's, I just – that offense is the next Chiefs. That's what I think.
1: Dig it. I like that. I like to hear that. And I'm sure fantasy uh, players will be very excited if, if Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury can make uh, this Arizona offense what it yeah. was a few years ago with uh, Kurt Warner and, and company. So, i like to see that. Uh, let's move through the next handful of picks. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Robert Woods, Debo, T.Y. Hilton, Philip Lindsay, and then my next two picks. I went with uh, Mark Andrews here in the back of the fifth round. Um, again, not really an early tight end guy, but at this point, um, I was looking at the draft pick. Now, here's the deal. This, a lot of my picks from this point on strictly had to deal with where I was drafting at the back of a round and at the beginning of another round. I don't mind being on the turn. I actually kind of like the, the two picks at a time, like 10, 11, 12, or 1, 2, 3. I like grouping like that because I can kind of set trends and end trends kind of a thing as far as drafts. However, when you're at the 12th pick, I have to make some serious <laughs> decisions because I have, you know, 24 picks until my next one sometimes. And there's a lot of potential of opportunity of players getting getting got, basically. So I went ahead and I I went with Mark Andrews, who's my boy. I'm certainly stoked on Mark Andrews. Of course, always got to give a shout out to my man Summy of the Draft Room Pod uh, for turning me on to Mark Andrews last year. I had him as like tight end number twelve or something in my rankings, and I thought it was way bullish on him. and And Summy came on and and had him as his tight end number seven. And I was like, holy shit, dude! Nobody's talking about Mark Andrews. What the What's up? Sure enough, turns it up. So I went with Lamar Jackson and and, uh, Mark Andrews there. I just like that combo a lot. Don't have to deal with quarterback. Don't have to deal with tight end. The rest of my draft, I like it a lot. And to be honest with you, I wasn't super excited about the wide receivers and the tight end or the wide receivers and running backs that I had to choose from at that point. So I just, again, reached for Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews to get those positions out of the way and get the top tier guys. On the back end, uh, I went with um Tyler Lockett in the sixth round um I like that pick a lot I'm not a huge Tyler Lockett guy I'm actually super bullish on uh DK Metcalf honestly but um a little too early for DK Metcalf at that point I think Tyler Lockett has another year of kind of being like the guy there but DK Metcalf had 900 yards similar receptions uh similar touchdowns to Tyler Lockett and Tyler Lockett at just over a thousand yards so I could see them kind of flopping this year D.K. Metcalf also led the NFL in red zone targets, um, and we know that Tyler Lockett, I mean, he can go for four receptions any game. At this point, though, I just thought it was a good opportunity to get a third receiver. So you and I are kind of on different trajectories when I look at these rosters. You've got three quality running backs. Uh, After your next pick, which you share, you're going to have three quality receivers, no tight end, no um, quarterback. I have three receivers, one running back, a quarterback, and a tight end. So, again, these drafts can go any way. But I went with Tyler Lockett. I feel good about that pick, and I wasn't super bullish on the rest of these guys, so I kind of reached for him. Running back your way in the sixth round, Darius Geis, Zach Ertz going as the fourth tight end, uh, Julian Edelman, and uh, Tyler Boyd, and then your sixth-round pick. Um, This is a big one, man, and obviously there's huge expectations. Once again, in the fantasy landscape, who did you take in the sixth round and why?
0: Uh, I went to Devontae Parker here, and I was stunned he was still here, to be honest. You see T.Y. Hilton going before him. I mean, honestly, I would have taken him over Kirk, but the fact that, you know, he's so low in the rankings, especially on the sleeper app, I waited another round. And I was between him and Lockett and Edelman. And you look, all these guys – like similar, but then you look at, like, that offense and you look with Fitz and they're just passing the ball. You got Preston Williams, who should be out good part of the year with a 20 ACL recovery. And especially if they get Melvin Gordon, then that Parker will see, I think, top five numbers.
1: Absolutely. We were able to see Fitzmagic light it up in Tampa Bay. Obviously, two, you know, supreme tight uh, uh, wide receivers in Godwin and Evans – with him, um, with the Bucks, when he and Jameis were going back and forth two years ago. Uh, but we know that he's down to chuck it, and the talent with Devontae Parker has always been there. The frustration with fantasy is that the Dolphins, no disrespect to Florida, of course, uh, have been trash for fucking ever, dude. And it's very frustrating, because they've had talented guys, and it wasn't until Lamar Miller left that he was able to to beast out, and it wasn't until some of these other you know, uh, fantasy assets leave Miami that they actually get it done. Hopefully, they can turn that page and they can get it going. And it looks like they're confident in Devontae Parker uh, retaining him. So I'm with you, man. I, I think it's a good pick. I think it's good value there in the middle of the sixth round. Um, and of course, he's a huge upside guy, low floor potentially too. But I think he's one of the more talented young receivers in the league and uh, potentially has huge upside for you there. So I thought that
0: was a, a nice pick. Um, I mean, go going ahead. Going back like. You look at that four, obviously, that offense could be horrendous. But you look, back half of the year, Parker's top five numbers, especially with, like, top receivers getting injured. You plug in Parker as your wide receiver one. This is why, like, you see, like, Odell going in the third round, DJ Moore. Like, I'd rather have – personally, I'd rather have Devontae Parker, especially in that offense, lack of weapons. And, like, people fear the double teams, but, like, that guy – you've seen him break like against the Eagles. You've seen him break those double teams. and They'll just feed him in that offense.
1: I love it, man. He finally played 16 games for the first time in his career last year. Yep. Uh, he also had his highest fantasy output by far. He was 50th in 2016, 50th in 2017, 105th in just 11 games in 2018. But he finally pulled it together. Wide receiver 11 in PPR. Wide receiver 6 in standard last year. And I was telling Lucas on a previous podcast, I forgot Devonte Parker was even straight up healthy and playing until the second half of the season. And dude was beasting over a thousand yards, twelve hundred yards, nine touchdowns. Dude's the man, and now he gets a full season as that number one guy with the coach that finally believes in him. Adam Gase's trash ass is finally gone and giving these guys an opportunity. So I'm excited for Devonte Parker too, man. I think that was great. So your receivers are looking huge upside and potentially very low floors as well, yep. but good PPR guys with Juju, Christian Kirk, and Devontae Parker. I'm uh, I'm not going to run the rest of the names. We'll just be here all day, but we'll loop back around. A couple notable names maybe I'll mention uh, as we go through the rest of our picks here. Um, let's see, we're on uh, Devontae Parker. So coming up here, Raheem Mostert was drafted yeah. as the uh, – Ninth pick in the sixth round by Mentor. Uh, of course, I'm biased. I'm a 49er guy. I love me some Mostert. Um, as a non-49er guy, uh, do you think that he will be the top dog in San Francisco? And if so, do you think that Shanahan's going to actually uh, – he's not going to bell cow, and we know that he wants to use multiple guys. But do you think that um, Raheem Mostert, given the opportunity, uh, could really be a top-end running back?
0: Oh, I mean, definitely. He showed – Especially being the third running back on the depth chart behind Breda and Coleman, he took that spot over and he fucked around with it. Like he saw him score two, three touchdowns several times. And then, I mean, you look at the running backs after. I mean, Mentor could have went quarterback, could have went tight end. Like my situation, similar. But then you see Rashad Penny. You see a bunch of backups going. And I think Moster has one of the highest upsides. And especially with that ADP, like. That is a very valued pick right
1: there. Love it. I agree. He did have Kelsey early, so he's not worried about tight end. And uh, spoiler alert, he does grab his first quarterback, which we'll mention here on the back end next round. But I, I totally agree, man. Of course, I'm a, I'm a Niners guy. I love me some Moser. But I thought that was, I thought that was early, man. Honestly, I thought that was awesome that he's getting the round and he's ahead of Coleman, ahead of Brita. Of course, McKinnon's, he's probably toast. But uh, that'll be interesting to see what they do in San Francisco. Um, Deshaun Watson goes off finally in the sixth round. I thought that was great value there. And then uh, heading back around, Kyler Murray was mentor's quarterback there, so he's pretty much set at each position at this point in his draft. Let's dive back to the next pick for you. This is the seventh pick in the seventh round. Um, Again, you have three receivers, three running backs, no tight end, no quarterback.
0: What did you do here? I took Josh Allen finally taking a quarterback. Was it the sixth quarterback off the board? And it was between Josh Allen and Jarvis for me. And mm-hmm. I know I have three running backs, three receivers here, but I mean, you can never have enough wide receiver running backs, especially. I mean, you will get the quarterbacks also that went ahead of, that went after him. You got like Dak, Aaron Rodgers, and especially with the running ability of Josh Allen, and you. I mean, you would like to see them add a second receiver, hopefully in the draft, like get someone complement John, uh, John Brown. But I mean, it's hard to wait on quarterbacks. You know, you get nervous in the draft. <laughs> end up with uh, Stafford or Matt Ryan. You know, it just gives you confidence.
1: Who I, I will I will say those two names in particular. It's funny you bring those guys up. Stafford and Ryan are my late round QB targets if I wait that long. And I and they're fine. We we've seen both of those guys be top yeah. three, five quarterbacks. Uh, no problem. However, they're both getting older um, and exactly. they, don't, they don't have the rushing upside, which we've seen for years with Cam Newton, for example, who's not a good quarterback at this point, but he runs the ball. And if he does, he's going to rack up those yards. Josh Allen is still growing into a quality quarterback, throwing the ball, as we saw Lamar Jackson do this year. And he runs uh, very well also. So, I mean, I'm with you, bro. Uh, sixth quarterback um, in fantasy last year, Josh Allen. And... He's still inaccurate. <laughs> he still doesn't have weapons. He's still in a run-first offense. If any of those go his way in 2020, bro, we're talking top five potentially.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you make – I was looking, you know, a few rounds will get there, but I'm looking like Matt Ryan, you got Breeze. And personally, I've had Matt Ryan almost every year I've played fantasy. And oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love Ryan as a backup. But then – you know, you always you grab Josh Allen because you can plug him any week. He's got that high floor with the rushing ability and that potential number one quarterback like you saw with Lamar last year. Josh Allen is just as talented running the ball, probably a much better thrower than Lamar. Just if they give him the opportunity to boom, then he will.
1: Totally agree. Let's move on. Your boy Jarvis went right after that there. Uh, And then Carson Wentz was picked as well. Um, I was a little bit, uh, a little bit bummed. I was, you know, so again, I have one running back at this point. I have three receivers, a quarterback and a tight end. I'm in the seventh round. I obviously need running backs, which you'll see in a second. I went pretty crazy, Uh, but I was actually targeting Mike Williams. Um, And even without a running or just one running back, I was still targeting Mike Williams here. Just like I said, with Julio and Calvin Ridley, potentially swapping, the throne potentially this year or next. I also think that's going to happen with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. As I mentioned, my buddy Daniel made the prediction that Ridley would hop Julio. My prediction on the other side of that was that Mike Williams would hop Keenan Allen last year. Of course that didn't happen. Uh, Philip Rivers can only throw the ball like 17 yards. uh, So any deep bomb to Mike Williams was either severely underthrown or overthrown. So if he didn't catch a 40 yard chuck, uh, he wasn't really getting it done. Keenan Allen, of course, racking up for PPR. Um, if they get a quarterback who is is accurate and can throw the ball, uh, I know not a lot of people are super high on Justin Herbert, uh, just with these other quarterbacks. Of course, I'm, I'm a duck. I watched every game that he played here in Eugene. I live down the street from uh, the stadium. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, so if they get a quarterback like him or someone else who could throw the ball down the field and create space, I think Mike Williams actually is able to make those big plays. We saw him score 10 touchdowns two years ago. I was bummed Mike Williams didn't fall, unfortunately. But since he didn't, I started targeting running backs for sure. I was surprised once I started digging into running backs since I was focusing on Mike Williams. Devonta Freeman and David Johnson were my next two picks. Now, this year, they're not sexy names by any means. They're, they're kind of like Ugh, sketch, uh, injured, getting older, not sure where they're going to be. Um, I get all that. I'm kind of in the mindset now of if Devonta Freeman is healthy and if he lands in the quality spot or stays in Atlanta, and if David Johnson gets a second round and stays healthy, both of those guys have been top-end running backs in the last couple of years. I know the running backs fall off quickly, but I was thinking that if I get an opportunity to play either one of those guys, I have starting running backs potentially – in potentially high-flying offenses if they're that number one dude, if Drake leaves and if uh, Devonta Freeman comes back to Atlanta. So I took the risk here. I need running backs anyway, and I thought that these two were as good as any instead of grabbing a secondhand guy or a, a younger, you know, PPR-only dude. So I went Devonta Freeman and David Johnson here. Um, I went four running backs in a row, which I'm going to get uh, on in a second, but how do you feel about some of these older guys uh, with Devonta Freeman and David Johnson
0: specifically right now? I mean, personally, I think they're both gonna leave. You know, you see the reports out of Atlanta that there's a chance they cut Freeman. And personally, I think they should. I mean, I agree. he's inj- injury prone. They've always had to, you know, they always use two running backs in that offense. But potentially, I have Melvin Gordon going to the Falcons, and wow. I think they go for a change. I mean, that would be they got the they got the cap space they need to clear. They got I think five million right now in cap. But if they can clear 10 million, I think they go one running back as opposed to, like, Freeman and you got Edo Smith right now. Freeman's, like, more of a pass catcher guy. You know, he's 5'8", not that heavy. So it ultimately depends where he goes. Because if he lands in a good spot, he's not that old. You could definitely see something out of him. But then you got David Johnson right after that. And I he's I don't know what to say. Like, he's going to need – a good old line. It's gonna need a good offense, right? You, know, you seem going to like, you know, you'd hope you go to like the Chiefs, something like that.
1: Sure, and and I'm not expecting David Johnson at all, no matter what, to be the David Johnson of 2016 that we all miss desperately. uh I was just thinking that um he still can catch the ball. He did have a decent season. The oh, Cardinals yeah. were not scoring points. Period. Nobody was scoring points in the first half of the season. Um, and before Kyler Murray and the Cardinals really got their groove, Kenyon Drake came in, in the, in the, um, in the trade, got the opportunity with Chase Edmonds and and David Johnson being hurt. Kenyon Drake fucking crushed. So you're not going to take him out. Makes total sense. I still think David Johnson has a year potentially left. And I just thought in this draft over everybody else, I thought I would take a risk on them. Um, We'll see what happens. As far as Devonta Freeman goes, uh, last year he was um, the running back 20. Of course, 2018 was destroyed with injuries. And 2017, he was QB – or, sorry, running back 13. Before that, number six and number one overall in 2015. He has been injured, as you mentioned, though, every single season, unfortunately. So definitely risky there. Let's move on. Uh, One of my favorite uh, late-round quarterbacks as well, Um, again, uh, getting paid, my man. A Deck Prescott here in the eighth round. I thought that was great value right after me. I would have picked him if I hadn't had Lamar at that point. Um, I think that's a great pick. Let's buzz all the way to your um, next pick here, and you just picked Josh Allen. Uh, what did you go with here in the eighth round <coughs> your sixth pick?
0: I went Kareem Hunt, and obviously, like, you can't go wrong with Kareem Hunt here. Eighth round, especially I have Chubb, so if he stays in Cleveland, you got both of them. And if he goes to, you know, say Miami, go somewhere else, and I mean, you're looking at a top five, top ten running back.
1: I think Houston would be pretty dope, too.
0: Oh, I mean, his ability, like, he can do it all. Yeah. I mean, but here, I'm looking – I was going to go personally Hunter Henry because I think he goes back to the Chargers. I think he's a focal point of that offense now without uh, Rivers still. But since he's gone – between Hunt and then a bunch of backups, I think Hunt's got one of the highest upsides of any player left on the board here.
1: I think that was a great call. And actually, what I was thinking about Freeman and David Johnson, I, Kareem Hunt was the only other name that I was considering. I didn't pick him only because, first of all, I, I personally think just diving into like the back-end shit, I personally think his legal stuff is going to catch up to him eventually. He's got, I mean, not even like the abuse thing that we all know about. He's got other shit. Like a yep. possession of herb and just dumb stuff <sighs> shit that I don't care about personally, but like the NFL's not about it. And he's been, he's been arrested a couple times. Uh, we saw with Zeke, it kind of trickle into the season, the late suspension. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not hearing a report. I'm not predicting shit. I'm a little bit worried about that kind of stuff. I'm also worried um, that he does stay in Cleveland and I love me some Nick Chubb. So for you having the, having the handcuff mandatory, I thought that was a, the best pairing of the whole draft to be honest with you. Very smart move by you. Either way, you win, because if he moves, you're right. You have another starting running back. If he doesn't, you got Chubb's backup in a great offense. For me to have him as my running back three, it would be super un... I mean, I feel like I'm more confident in David Johnson, which is not good, (laughs) than I am in Kareem Hunt right now. And what I try to do with these drafts, I think is important for listeners, and I'd like to get your feedback on this too, actually. Dude, we're in March, all right? Like regular people don't take fantasy football as seriously as you and I do, and everybody else in this in this uh, i g draft. Um, all of us are grinding every day doing this shit because we're football nerds, and that's just what we do. The general public isn't going to start doing this shit till like July. So when I do mock drafts like this and we do podcasts and I re- recap them, I think about all the right. situation right now. If I was drafting right now, what would I do Because I think it's the most accurate because we don't know a free agency, we don't know what the draft, we don't know what trades. So right now, I would, I'm would i more confident in David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, than Kareem Hunt. Now, I'm very aware that in two months, Kareem Hunt could be a third-round pick if he ends up somewhere else. So it's kind of weird when we do these mocks, but that was my mindset going into this. I thought it was a great pick for you. Um, how do you feel about the mock mindset when you're going into these things
0: this early in the year? I mean, like like you said, it's way too early to like actually look at these things, but... Like, if we were drafting today, especially being my fourth running back, I'd love to take Kareem Hunt. I mean, he does have the legal scandals, whatever. But the ability's there. He could go to another team. Even bi-week – he's a fine bi-week flex. In PPR He'll give you at least five receptions a week. Like, Well, like, going back to your question, it's hard to, like – I mean, you got, like, Sammy Watkins. You got a bunch of upcoming free agents – you got players going to get hurt between now and start of the season. It's hard.
1: Of course, Kareem Hunt only played eight games last year because of suspension. Technically, he's not going to be charged with uh, his his possession of marijuana. So we don't necessarily have to be super worried about it. I just – he's shown uh, numerous times to not uh, not have his head on straight, I guess, is what I'm worried about. So, sadly, yep. Unfortunately, the talent does not make people smarter. Let's move forward, man. Um, a couple of quarterbacks, quarterbacks, uh, really quick. So Matt Stafford, as you mentioned, a late-round QB, he gets picked right after this in the eighth round. After Matt Stafford was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got picked in the eighth round as the 10th pick. Um, just very surprising to see him this low with his just historic run as being Aaron Rodgers. But that's kind of where we're at right now. I'll tell you this. If I didn't have a quarterback and I'm like late-round, late-round, and Aaron Rodgers is in the 10th yeah. round, bro, every time. I mean, if you get eight, you know, 80% of Aaron Rodgers is better than most dudes. <laughs> he's probably a QB one by chance. Like he's going to be better than Tom Brady, right? And and Tom Brady is going to be a QB, probably the QB 12, like he is every year. So I'm taking Aaron Rodgers for the upside every time. Sammy Watkins did get picked uh, in the eighth round. Of course, he's mentioned that he may not want to play. He may not play at all. We'll see what happens there uh diving back around a couple of tight ends come around the board you do not have any tight ends yet uh you've got your four running backs and you have three wide receivers and a quarterback looks like you went tight end here who did you grab and why
0: uh yeah like you said i had to go tight end here you look i mean you look after i took dallas goddard obviously he's the backup but like your mike williams keenan allen I fully expect Goddard to take Ertz's role. Like, Ertz is getting up there. You see Goddard, it's one of the most explosive tight ends. That, I mean, he'll sustain as a tight end, too. But if he gets that role, if Ertz gets hurt, then he could be the top tight end.
1: I 100% fantasy. agree. 100% agree.
0: Yeah, then you look after him, Kaseki, OJ, Howard. I'd much rather have Goddard because higher floor, higher ceiling. Just all around, I think, better player than both.
1: I dig it, bro. I like this a lot. And actually we had, we had a similar one last year. So three of these predictions, Ridley and and Julio, um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Goddard and Ertz were three of our predictions where, you know, the lesser, if you will, would hop the other guy. We were wrong on all three accounts, but I think we were just a year early. I really do. I think, I think all three of those guys get flipped. I think Goddard overtakes Ertz this year as well. Um, Ertz is not somebody that I'm going to target in drafts in general. I know he'll be just fine if he stays healthy, but I'd rather take the value in in Goddard like this. And uh, we'll talk about your strategy here. Uh, Obviously, I can see your next pick, which I thought was smart. Um, But I don't want Goddard as my tight end one only because technically he is the second fiddle, at least for the first chunk of the season, unless there's an injury. However, I think what you did is smart, which we'll get into in just a second. If you get Goddard, you got to get a, a a second option who's going to be uh, your tight end right away. So we'll talk about yours here in just a second. My next two picks in the ninth and the 10th round, uh, Duke Johnson and Latavius Murray. So again, I had one running back up until the seventh round. And then I went Devonta Freeman, David Johnson, Duke Johnson and Latavius Murray. Duke Johnson, Strictly PPR. um, Even if, say, let's make it up. Kareem Hunt goes to Houston. Um, I think he's the early down back. They can both catch the ball, but I think that helps them out. They can both basically use both those guys if they wanted to at the same time. Duke Johnson, we know, is a beast when they use him. I like him in the PPR uh, realm. And then Latavius Murray, strictly a uh, if Kamara goes down He's a league winner yeah. at round ten. Uh, that was just like a, I need some some depth at wide at running back of the guys coming up after him. I wasn't super excited about him, so I went Latavius Murray, and he he's just a guy that's going to rot on my bench unless Kamara gets hurt. But let me let me bring this up actually because it's important for people to understand what he is actually capable of doing.
0: Two Latavius
1: Murray, oh man, beaston. So he was able to uh, let's see here. Sorry, bring this up real quick. And I mean, you take a guy like
0: that, like, you look at his production without uh, Kamara, you look at his production when uh, early career on the Raiders, and you think he's definitely starting to back. Vikings, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He, Absolutely. And so in week seven and eight, uh, he stepped in for Kamara. 27 rushes for 119 and two touchdowns against the Bears in Chicago. Week eight uh, against Arizona, 21 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown there. Nine receptions for 55 yards to go along with that. Latavius Murray is not going to do much with Alvin Kamara around. We know that. I know that. In the 10th round, though, to get a backup running back who is going to be a top-end running back for sure if Alvin Kamara goes down, it was a no-brainer for me there to get the depth. I was thinking about him and my boy Royce Freeman, another duck. Of course, I'm biased. I know not a lot of people in the fantasy landscape like Royce Freeman. I think he's so much more talented than he's getting the opportunity. I don't hate Philip Lindsay, but I personally think that Royce Freeman is equally as able to do what Philip Lindsay does. That um, Philip Lindsay does, He just is kind of the second tier right now, but he outpaced him in receptions. I think, again, he's another one that could potentially hop him this year. I was thinking about Royce Freeman. But the upside of Murray, if if Camara goes down this late, I had to go with him. Um, how do you feel about? Uh, I mean, we talked about Latavius Murray. How do you feel about Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, really quick?
0: I mean, you see Royce Freeman's second round pick a few years ago, and he's supposed to be the starter until on draft free agent Philip Lindsay shows comes up out in, of nowhere, dude <laughs> takes his job. But you see, Freeman's got the better pass catching ability, and Lindsay's the faster back. So, in that offense, with the battle line, they like to run toss plays or like to run stretches, like, away. But, I mean, I think if Lindsay I mean, lindsay has been durable, but if Freeman got the chance, he's bigger back, pass catcher. He could be the three-down back there very easily. But he just – he's one of those ones sits on your bench and noise you. Like
1: Again, you can't play him with confidence unless Lindsay goes down. But uh, it just like Murray – if Lindsey is hurt, hurt, and Royce Freeman is the guy, um, I think he's full of Lindsey and more personally. Um, Lindsey's great. I have no no hate on Lindsey at all. I just feel like Royce Freeman is is equally capable and somehow has a back seat in Denver. I'm not really sure uh, what's up with that. Let's keep moving, man. Uh, you just picked Dallas Goddard in the ninth. In the tenth, you doubled up here at tight end. A, why did you do that? Who did you pick and why?
0: I took Ian Thomas, and I love Ian. Ian Thomas is one of my I like favorite it a lot. tight ends this year.
1: I like it a lot, actually.
0: Um, like you were saying before, you have Goddard, who could step into that role this year or could just be a top 10, top 15 tight end with Ertz there. So then I go Ian Thomas here, obviously. You have Greg Olson leaving. You have Joe Brady coming in from LSU. And you saw Thaddeus Moss, what he could do offense. And especially you'll see Cam, who's had shoulder injuries look, check down, look, five, ten yards. And Ian Thomas is produced in that offense. So you plug him in there, starter, and if something happens to Ertz, you got Goddard, who would probably be the best tight end in football if he was the starter there. That's like one of those backup handcuffs that you do with a running back. Like, it's hard to do that with tight end because a lot of people only go one tight end because you can – Scoop someone off waivers. But I think in this case, you have two guys that could both be top ten. 100%
1: agree. And here's the deal, man. When you play in flex leagues, if you had – hypothetically, you drafted Kelsey in the second round last year. And you were like, fuck it. I got to get somebody super late just in case Kelsey gets hurt. I'm going to go with uh, Mark Andrews in the ninth round. Exactly. I'm telling you right now, dude by week 10, 11, 12 in fantasy, getting ready for fantasy playoffs, I would be surprised if you weren't playing both of them as your tight end in your flex, because they become that good, right? So if Ian Thomas, it sounds kind of crazy now in March, but if Ian Thomas becomes Greg Olson and if, um, if Dallas Goddard becomes Zach Ertz, you just hit potentially two top five tight ends at, at a very, uh, struggling position overall in the in the back half of your draft and i think that was great now you know you know as well as i do this could totally bite you in the ass and it could, could super suck come week three but because we're at this point in the draft you dump them both you pick up two other waiver guys and you try again uh but i think the upside here was was really smart on your part at this i mean, point of the
0: draft especially like going back you see i have four running backs already here so say both my tight ends don't pan out you trade away ingram who, who's Someone else is what RB2 my RB3, trade him away for like a Mark Andrews, like a Hunter Henry. Smart, and you got yourself a top five tight end anyway. That's why you always got to go in depth early and then tight end late.
1: I think that's tonight. a great strategy. Really quick on Ian Thomas, who you know, I think casual fantasy players don't even know. Um, uh, he was a, he's been the backup for two years to Greg Olson, of course, for Carolina. Um, It's been weird over there with Cam being hurt and fake playing and then being out and then having second, third string, whatever, Greg Olson in and out. Until week 11, uh, excuse me, until week 13, Ian Thomas did not see a snap share, not a target share, a snap share above uh, 22%. But week 13 on... 43%, 86%, 96%, 43%, 86%, 96%, and then Greg Olson came back for the last two, 46 and 59. But he was able to get it done. His biggest game uh, was in week 14 at Atlanta, ten, uh, 10 targets, which is big. Five receptions, 57 yards and a touchdown, but 10 targets is huge. We know that Carolina likes to target him. As you mentioned, Cam Newton, we'll see if he can even throw a ball. If he can't, he's going to be throwing slants all day to Ian Thomas if Cam Newton's even in Carolina. I think he moves on as well. If they get a rookie quarterback – I think Thanks. that um, I think that they they are really going to be targeting that tight end position. I don't think Kyle Allen's a guy. I actually like Will Greer a lot, their third string yeah. dude. But Indeed. we saw last year, unfortunately,
0: he's probably not going to pan out either. I mean, and then you look, I mean, personally, I think the late route depth of the tight ends this year is crazy. Like all the high upside tight end guys, you see right after Tyler Higby wet. And that's a great pick, but you just don't know in L.A. You know, you want one of them to leave. You want one of them start because they could both start somewhere else you got jared cook after howard doyle and i think this year you just wait on tight end just like you can wait on wide receiver i agree i think doyle's gonna smash honestly dude he's he's
1: he's one of the few over six six three targets that the colts have as of right now before the draft and whatever they do at quarterback it's gonna be him if it becomes philip rivers who i think a lot of people are predicting We know that he loves the tight end. Ebron's going to be gone. Doyle was a tight end, one with luck for a couple years before Ebron. If Doyle can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a super sleeper and going to absolutely smash this year personally.
0: And then going back to the tight end position, obviously we didn't have any rookies, but a name I love is Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. My man. And especially a lot of people haven't gone to the Pats. And if Brady goes back and you got Komet going there, that could be – that would be one of my favorite late round picks new gronk how do you
1: how do you feel about the uh talking nfl just for one second well i guess nfl and fantasy how do you feel about rookie tight ends in general last year we see it very seldom that a rookie tight end goes into an offense becomes a focal point and produces enough to be fantasy relevant right away um how do you feel about like T.J. Hawkinson before he got hurt was great. Noah Fant when he eventually started getting targeted was great last year. How do you feel about somebody like that um, getting drafted? Let's call it the Patriots. Let's call it New Gronk with Brady. Do you think it's automatic that he's that he fits in that way, or is it a big process? Because tight ends tough, man. They got to learn the offensive line blocking schemes. They got to re- learn the route tree. They got to learn the, you know the blocking assignments and all this shit. Um, I think it's very very difficult for a tight end to to really uh, jump
0: out. Early like that as a rookie. So yeah, like you seldom see like a rookie tight end top ten, top five, and like you look like for example O.J. Howard his rookie season took him more than half the year to overtake Cameron Bray But I mean, especially in that offense, if you get commit say he went to the Pats, you get commit 11th, 12th round as your backup tight end, because I think. Being a Patriots tight end with that floor with Brady and that offense, I think he's easy. He'd be an easy tight end to start, especially with injuries that happen. You see like inconsistencies. I think that offense is just like you saw seldom they had like Ben Watson once in a while had a nice, fluky game, like Matt mm-hmm. what cost you could see, but like you can never start those guys,
1: Mike Vrabel. I mean, all sorts of guys, you yeah. know. Yeah, I dig it, man. Let's keep cruising through the draft here. Uh, I had a couple late-round quarterbacks, Daniel Jones. Um, Are you – really quick, how do you feel about Eli Manning in general, career-wise? You're a Giants guy. Uh, I like to hear from the horse's mouth.
0: Yeah, personally, I think he's a future Hall of Famer, obviously being a Giants fan. But a lot of people base his career off of what he did the last few years, and they look like, oh, he's never good. I mean, he's the only guy – to beat the Pats twice in the Super Bowl. Got to give the guy some credit.
1: One of the few to beat the Pats, period, in the last 15 (laughs) years. Yeah, I dig it, man. Right on. Uh, How do you feel about Daniel Jones coming up? You confident for the next 10 Uh, years? I
0: love me some Daniel Jones. Awesome, bro.
1: Me too, actually.
0: Uh, I mean, you see the running ability, like, with Josh Allen, and he's such an underrated runner, Daniel Jones. You see them, they got Slayton, Shepherd, Ingram, Tate, Saquon. Like, how – especially as your backup. I mean, sack drops him here as a starter. But if you get Daniel Jones as your backup, I think top ten.
1: Bro, if you can rock a, a two QB league late round and oh. you get, like, Stafford or Ryan and Daniel Jones or something like that, I mean, that's pretty, pretty nasty. It's I think it's going back – yeah, right. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll fix that. I mean, that's rookie shit. He, you got to tuck it. You're getting sacked. Guys are way faster in the NFL than they are in college, especially playing at Duke. I mean, you're just yeah, not playing top no competition one. all the time. So uh, let's move back here to your 11th, 12th and 13th round. We got three more rounds here. Let's crush out the rest of this draft. The uh, next pick for you, you just went double tight ends. Um, and
0: uh, what did you do here um, in the 11th round? All right, so I was looking. You know, by this point, you got to look best player available, and I mean, you could either look high upside or just like a replacement. And I went Jameson Crowder here, who a lot of people don't realize had a very quiet good year, when eighty catches, which in PPR like that's an easy flex, especially injuries. You've Crowder, then that offense to go. Robbie Anderson's leaving soon potentially. Uh, You have Herndon, who's a question mark. Le'Veon Bell is not the same. So Crowder looked like the number one option for most of the year. Uh, I love this pick personally. I do too, actually. Jamison
1: Crowder is sneaky, and, uh, he, of course, he benefited tremendously with Quincy and Nunwa out, so we'll, we'll see what actually happens there with Sam Darnold coming back, not being sick, Le'Veon Bell actually doing something. I'm really worried about the Adam Gase effect, bro. I just am. I think he's, he's toxic as shit, and I think he's going to hurt uh, that offense in general until he's gone. However, with Jamison Crowder really quick, week one, 17 targets, 14 receptions, yes. just 99 yards somehow, but 17 targets. Going throughout the rest of the season, though, uh, no more than 10 until week 15 when he had 11 and then 10 in, in uh, week 17. Um, it's just the consistency, having the the, uh, the accuracy from him and Darnold needs to pick up. If it does, I think he's very sneaky, especially this uh, late. I like that pick a lot. Moving into to my 11th round pick, another guy who I love who's been tattered by injuries. Uh, I went with Marvin Jones, who I generally pick in like the 12th round of every draft for the last five years. If he's healthy – He's a he's a wide receiver too, no question about it. Nobody respects him. Uh, now that Galladay's around, and he's he's obviously the alpha. I you know, Matt Stafford looks uh, Marvin Jones in the end zone just as well. We know that the Lions don't run the ball, even if they wanted to. Their running backs are fucking hurt or terrible, so that doesn't matter. I like Aaron Jones a lot. Uh, excuse me, Aaron Jones, Marvin Jones a lot. He's been battling injuries, but in the eleventh round, as my wide receiver four. Um, I like that pick a lot. I think the upside's huge. He's led the Lions in touchdowns the last couple of years before he got hurt last year. But Kenny Galladay led the NFL in touchdowns. So I, I think Matt Stafford being healthy basically played with a broken back. I mean, I think the Lions are another team that could seriously skyrocket if they could get a quality running back to stay healthy for at least ten games or so. Uh moving into the rest of the picks here, let's circle back around. I had Justin Jackson in the twelfth round. Um Again, this is strictly based on Melvin Gordon leaving town. Austin Eckler, I think, is fucking tremendous. Obviously, just had a huge payday, um, and he will be the starter for sure. But we've seen with the Chargers forever that um, they will use two running backs. If Austin Eckler is Melvin Gordon, hopefully Justin Jackson becomes Austin Eckler, and we saw what they were able to do last year. Um, Again, a new quarterback's going to change things, um, but I think that Justin Jackson is sleeping – He's not going to get drafted in the 12th round come the season. I guarantee you that. He's going to be probably eighth round or so, I think, once Melvin Gordon lands somewhere and he becomes not third string. I thought this is a great value now in this draft in the 12th round, but he won't be there uh, that long. Uh, next up, you had your second quarterback. Um, I have mixed feelings about this pick tremendously uh, <laughs> as, a, as a niner homer, but uh, you went with Jimmy Garoppolo here in the 12th round. Um, obviously, I have confidence in him picking him. Uh, but are you actually confident if you were to be your QB1? Uh,
0: Definitely not QB1. I took him here backup. Like, he's another one of those guys, like, high floor backup. He'll give you touchdown a week. You know, he's got those playmakers on the team. He's got Debo, got Kittle. Like, he doesn't have to be good necessarily. He just, you know, check down and run. But as far as, like, the Brady speculation with the Niners, the pass trade, Especially if he went to the pass, that'd be a good situation for him. But as my QB, two here, I'm fine taking him. You see Baker is the only other QB to go after him. And then you pick someone up otherwise. Totally agree, man.
1: I, I'm, of course, uh, I'm a huge Nick Mullins fan. Uh, quick question. Do you know who Nick Mullins is? Seriously.
0: Yeah, the Thursday.
1: My man, that's awesome. Most people don't even know who he is because he's not on the ra- the radar. But I just pay attention because of the minor home. I
0: actually when two years ago when he was starting most of the year, I really liked him. That's
1: he had a great
0: connection with Kittle, and you look at him. He's it's actually funny. His throwing mechanics are exactly the same as Garoppolo's. He's got that quick release, like and I mean they picked him up. So like obviously he wasn't drafted. You don't hear a lot about him, but. I mean, but, uh, CJ Beathard, too, is, like, quality quarterback. So Yeah, he's fine.
1: That's, that's my problem as a Niner fan, which I'm not going to get into my Niner homerness. This is another time. But my issue, I know, we went to the Super Bowl. We were one throw away from winning. I know all that shit. But I'm super frustrated because as soon as we brought in Jimmy Garoppolo and had these other guys and paid him a shit ton of money, I was pissed. because I thought there was other options and we could spend that money elsewhere. Um, And I thought our quarterback could basically do what Jimmy was able to do. Um, That being said, uh, you know, Nick Mullins broke all of Brett Favre's records in college, uh, which obviously is a big deal. So anyway, uh, I'll move off of that. Next up uh, Hunter Renfro, I think could be very sneaky for Oakland, especially if Tom Brady ends up there, he could be the new Julian Edelman for sure. Um, And then circling back around man, your last pick of the draft, um at the 13th round seventh pick of the 13th round who did you go with and why I thought
0: this was potentially a super steal I took Lamar Miller here and once again it's just this player off the board and let's see six to last pick of the draft so something happens to him you cut him pick someone else up but he I mean the talent is definitely there you saw said only player to have two 97 yard touchdowns obviously one with the Dolphins one with the Texans but potentially if the Texans go money saver here they spend money on defense instead and he comes back healthy they cut Carlos Hyde I potentially think he could. he's easily a top 15 running back in that offense
1: I think it's interesting, too. He feels – in one hand, he feels super young because he's missed some time. But on another, he feels super old. He's 28, eighth year in the league, out of Miami. Um, I I don't hate Lamar Miller. I'm just not a big fan. Honestly, of course, he loses last year uh, with the with the torn ACL. But it um, could be interesting to see what happens here uh, with Lamar Miller. I thought, though, again, if he ends up being your starting uh, – a starting running back – You picked him up in the 13th round because he's hurt right now and nobody knows what's up. So smart putting him on your radar there. Uh, Ending up the rest of the draft here, my last pick, the last pick of the entire draft was Corey Davis. I'm not excited about Corey Davis. (laughs) I don't like Corey Davis. (laughs) Our co-host, Daniel, loves Corey Davis, and I give him shit all the time. However, again, best player available, value, whatever. Corey Davis has the talent. That's what's maybe frustrating to me is that we haven't seen it Uh, to the max that it could be. But in spurts with Mariota, um, he was able to make it happen. We know that A.J. Brown is quickly becoming the alpha in Tennessee. But Corey Davis, I think if they're a little bit more pass-centric, if they get rid of Derrick Henry, um, I think could really shine there. And as my wide receiver five, um, and in the 13th round, it it was a
0: no-brainer to me. I mean, personally, I love Corey Davis. Every year I Mm -hmm. seem like I pick him up, put him down, you know. People offer him after that one good week he has every year. But I mean, obviously, being the fifth pick in the draft a few years ago, like the talent's there. Like same thing with Mike Williams, who's also a top ten pick in the draft. It's just something I don't know. Like he's got good size, good speed, good hands. Like you see, like he gets the ball. He'll have the he'll have those few big games, but he just and that, maybe it's the offense. Maybe if they don't. Focus on wide receiver two, even though there's a wide receiver one there for a good amount of his time. Um, just pick before that, Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I mean, maybe it's just the last pick and second to last pick. This guy's just whatever. Let me take someone. But I'm surprised he didn't go Sanu here, being the Patriots' second or third wide receiver over Myers
1: could potentially just be the upside i mean there's a name again in 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 drafts like this you're looking i mean before that larry fitz of course you're just looking for the first four weeks darwin thompson matt Breida, boston scott Breshard perryman benny snell dd westbrook marcus scaling that whole last round is crossing your fingers if these guys hit your crush baker mayfield was in there as well so that's a lot of just high upside guys um As we wrap up the podcast, man, we're an hour in it. I appreciate your time, bro. It's been a blast. Um, I want you to uh, run down your roster really quick, please, just straight up. Like, not necessarily you could do it by uh, position or just run down round. I'll do the same thing, and then we'll cut.
0: All right. Uh, Nick Chubb in the first, and then followed by Josh Jacobs, Juju, Mark Ingram, Christian Kirk, Devontae Parker, Josh Allen, Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard, Ian Thomas, Jameson Crowder, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Lamar Miller.
1: I like those back-to-back tight ends in the ninth and the tenth. Solid upside, big value there. Josh Allen in the seventh I think is great. Jimmy G, I'm not crazy about, but as a steady floor guy, if you need him uh, by chance, I think that was a great pickup there too. Solid draft with the uh, first three running backs, the first three um, wide receivers. Good strategy there. I went with the uh, first pick for me at the 12 spot was Chris Godwin. After that, Leonard Fournette, Calvin Ridley, Lamar Jackson, and Mark Andrews doubling up on the Ravens there. Tyler Lockett, four running backs in a row. Devonta Freeman, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, Latavius Murray, strictly hoping for upside with all those guys considering the risk. Marvin Jones, Justin Jackson, and Corey Davis to end out the draft. I want to give a big shout out to everybody in this uh ig league and in this mock we're going to have more in the in these leagues and other chats as well um so big ups to everybody here that uh put this together and i definitely want to give another shout out to sack attack and mentor for uh squeezing me in here last minute and um next level as well man it's a pleasure to meet you i appreciate uh you jumping on here to do this recap i hope to reconnect with you again uh it's been a blast and before we get out of here man please let our folks know here at the tck pod where they can find your content
0: Uh, if you guys go on Instagram, next level underscore fantasy football during the season, also DM me, help you with your teams. Yeah, man, spread the love. Get it done, brother. You still, you have a Twitter or YouTube, any of that
1: stuff. Are you building on those sites? Are you just focusing on IG right now?
0: I'm on IG right now.
1: Deal. Fair enough. Y'all know where to find us. You can find us at the of Kids Fantasy Podcast Facebook page. Of course, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and leave a comment as well. Make sure you go follow Next Level. You can find us on IG as well, Fantasy Football underscore TCKpod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find us all over the place. Shoot us a DM, shoot Next Level a DM. Make sure you let us know how you feel about our picks and this draft overall where maybe we reached, maybe we got some value, some picks that you agree with and disagree with we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick kids fantasy podcast if you gain any value please leave a rate and review on the podcast and a subscribe to the youtube channel and for next level fantasy football i'm sky with the tck pod fantasy football podcast and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe